Welcome to the National Community Church Podcast. We're thrilled to be able to share this weekend's message with you. You can find us on national.cc or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Good morning. You are my heroes because you are here on one less hour of sleep. Amazing. I also wanted to say... um, What a gift and an honor it is to be here. You know, as Pastor Mark mentioned, we transitioned our church into National Community Church, and this has been our church. And so over the last, I don't know, six or seven months, we've been coming to church here. And after 43 years of ministry, I can't tell you the joy it's been to just sit and soak and hear. And we have honestly, even though we've been in ministry that long and we are as old as the ancient of days, we have been pastored in this house. And so I want to give honor to Pastor Mark and Laura this morning because they are true pastors. They have humility. They, they really have a heart for you. Even, you know, over the, how many years have you been pastoring? 27. 27. I mean, they deserve a hand. Let's give them a hand this morning. Pretty amazing. Thank you. So thank you for making us feel welcome, the whole, the team, the staff, everybody. It's been fantastic. And I have to just say, Pastor Mark, Um, I lost an hour of sleep this morning, and the first thought in my mind during worship was not quantum physics. I don't think I've ever had a thought about quantum (laughs) physics. And so the brilliance that he brings and the team brings with their preaching has been amazing. I've been every week listening to the series called Holy. I've been blessed, inspired, challenged um, from Pastor Mark and Pastor Marion and Pastor Joel and Pastor Colin and Pastor Jenny. I mean, did I, I hit everybody, right? That it's just been amazing and I myself. And so today I get to kind of launch into this and kind of dig into it a little bit. Um, but I'm excited my family's here. So my daughter and her husband and our two grandkids are here and Evan who's on staff. So let's give them, yeah, thanks for coming. Um, So it's a gift to me. Okay, so let's, we're going to dig into this this morning. You know, um, a couple of weeks ago, Dennis and I experienced identity theft. Has anybody ever had that happen? Somebody hacked into our computer and, and just like, it's kind of terrifying, it's kind of scaring. There's just all this behind the scenes things that you have to do. And you start wondering like how many areas is your identity actually linked to, which is actually obviously everything. But I started thinking about this series, and I feel that even in this last decade or maybe over the past few decades, I feel like there's been an identity theft to who God is. I think we question it. We begin to wonder, because if we really knew who God was, all of us would be running to him with a full heart, arms wide open. There would be no reserve if we really knew who God was. And So in this season, in this culture right now, I feel like his identity has been stolen. In fact, this term holy... I think, I don't know about you, but I actually had some baggage around the term holy. Anybody else? I'm just going to be real honest. Dennis and I, I grew up in in a denominational church, and then we went for training to a Pentecostal holiness training place. Now, is anybody familiar with holiness training? Now, there's not, oh, oh, okay, apparently, yes. (laughs) Anybody online? I'm telling you what, while we saw the most amazing miracles, I mean, we saw blind people receiving their sight, we saw deaf people hearing, it was commonplace, we saw people getting out of wheelchairs, we saw, we even saw a few people that had died come back to, I mean, crazy miracles, it was unbelievable. At the same time, 
You had to be holy in what you wore. You had to be holy in what you said. You had to be holy in the way you breathed. Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, holy, holy was every part of your life, so much so that it was about performance. There was a legalism attached to it. And so when I would hear the term holy, I could say, God, you're holy with my lips. But honestly, I didn't realize that I was actually carrying a little bit of baggage called holy. And while I could, if I, didn't, if I wasn't careful, I, even unconsciously, I was carrying baggage. Now, maybe you weren't raised in, in a legalistic background. Maybe you've been just, you've had a perfectly beautiful walk with God. But perhaps holiness to you maybe makes you feel a little bit condemned. God says, be holy as I am holy. And you're like, okay, but I'm not holy. I could say to you this morning, I'm the farthest from holy. I had a very vibrant conversation with my husband just yesterday. My Sicilian came out. In fact, oftentimes while I'm driving down the road, my Sicilian comes out and I give somebody a hand signal that does not involve my fingers. It's this. I don't know about you, but I, maybe even the last week I may have lied. Some of you are all like, okay. No, you have too. Because sometimes we are authentic to who God has created us to be. And so we defend ourselves and we present something that's not us. Maybe I was running my mouth this week and ego was the one who took the, the primary place and not humility. So I could say to you, ego ran my mouth. Actually, it was me, but it was unchecked ego. So there's areas in my life that when I, when I hear that phrase, be holy as I am holy, I feel condemned before we even start. And I would be the furthest from holy according to the understanding of the identity that I have placed on God of what holy is. See, holy, obviously, there is a moral morality to it. There's a purity, but it's not a code that we have to own up to. Otherwise, that's just truth without grace. And so I want to talk about this this morning because I think that I didn't want to start digging into this. When, when they asked me to speak on this series called Holy, I was like, I don't know if I can. T- I mean, honestly, I've been in ministry 43 years. I am, I am 64 years old. I, I've been around for a while, but I didn't realize the baggage I had attached to the term holy. Come on. I, I just have to say, I love this church. I love, when I prayed over this message and prayed over, I pray over you daily, we pray over your pastors daily, and I love you so much. So talk back to me, okay? (laughs) But holy is an integral part of who God is. Exodus 15 and Revelation 15 are the first and last songs, worship songs that are recorded in the scriptures, and they're all about the holiness of God. When two men were actually allowed to see a window of heaven, what they saw was Isaiah in 6.3. Pastor Mark talked about this. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And Revelations ends with this. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes around and within. And day and night, they never cease to say. It's Revelation 4.8. Never c- okay, first of all, Independence Day has nothing on the book of Revelation. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm not sure I'm ready for, to see them. 
Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. The scripture tells us that this song is on repeat 24-7. Picture this with me. Right now while you are sitting in church, you are unaware because your ears can't hear what's happening in heaven right now. You don't have the capacity. But right now in this room on repeat over and over and over and over and over again is holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Well, that tells me that perhaps I need to get rid of my holy baggage (laughs) because that's telling me that there's something about the holiness of God that's important if it's on repeat 24-7 in heaven. So much so, simply, and this is revelation to me, this is just my introduction, I'll get to the message before lunch. So much so that when Jesus begins to teach the disciples how to pray, how to talk to him, how to talk to God, he he starts with this line. And he says, our Father who is in heaven. Here, let's just, you want to read it with me on the screen? Our Father in heaven. Okay, what is happening? It's an hour less sleep. Did you have your coffee? One, two, three. Online, you can read it with us too. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Stop. Okay, there's a couple things here. First of all, and I'm not going to, this message isn't about prayer, but I want you to see something here. Jesus said that when you pray, pray to the Father. So he's telling us right now that when you engage in a conversation or an interaction with God, I want it, first of all, to have intimacy. I love the fact that he says, our Father, which means there's an individual intimacy, but there's something very powerful about a collective intimacy. Like for those of you that are online, I love that you're online, but come to the room sometimes because there's a collective intimacy of just being in the room and worshiping together. But I would say this, that sometimes we might miss the fact that God's story from Genesis to Revelation is simply this, a loving father calling his kids home. It's the picture of the prodigal God in the prodigal story. There's just a God at the end of the road with his arms open wide. And whether you're the prodigal son who's run in the opposite direction, there is no judgment. He's saying, come to me. Or maybe the older brother who's judging everybody and what they're doing, and he's still with his open arms, come to me. doesn't matter where you are today. There's a a, a prodigal God. he, He has no limit to his love that's just saying, come to me. But I think sometimes, if we're not careful, some of us maybe have dad baggage. So maybe your dad, maybe you had perfect dad. Maybe he was uh, Beaver, leave it to Beaver's dad. I don't know. Maybe he was somebody great. Maybe he was, y'all don't know who it is, you're too young. (laughs) Maybe he was perfect in every way. But some of you, maybe your dad was absent and he wasn't present. Maybe he was angry. Maybe he was too strong. He was condemning. Maybe he was a perfectionist. And whatever that is, is that when when Jesus says to pray that prayer, our Father, you're going into the prayer already with a little bit of baggage. And and this is a Burberry bag that I paid $10 at a St. Peter's yard sale for. (laughs) I just have to tell you that. But I'm using a designer bag because the enemy has designed this against you. Because he doesn't want you to see a loving God. He wants you to have baggage so that you cannot even approach God the way he intended you to. So we can carry both of this baggage around. Some of y'all are getting exhausted watching me. I'm just going to put it down there. Our Father in heaven. So we've got this, this intimate Father. And then it says, holy be your name. 
Everybody say that with me. Holy be your name. See, for years when I prayed this prayer, do you know how I prayed it? Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. I thought it was a petition. Like, he's my Father, and I'm praising him. But no, he doesn't say holy is your name. He specifically says holy be your name. There's a vast difference between those two things. The difference is this. Is I can just say holy is your name because he is holy. I mean, why do I have to say holy be your name? He already is holy. Because some of us don't see him as holy in our lives. And so the rest of the prayer is not going to work until you can say holy be your name in my life. Holy be your name. Are y'all thirsty? (laughs) I would say to you, I just want to preface it with this. I wonder how many of us either coming out of the pandemic or maybe fresh, we just have gotten a little bit bored with our walk with God. Maybe not the 9 o'clock because you skipped an hour of sleep. Maybe Uh. it's the 11 (laughs) o'clock. Don't tell them. Maybe you're online and you're just tuning in, but you're just like kind of like it's just like mediocre. There's nothing really super exciting happening in But right now, I want to say to you that there's this holy God, and that by understanding his holiness, and what is holiness? I'm going to define it, and then we're going to jump into the message. You've had already three weeks of definition, and you will continue until Easter. And our hope is, is that by the end of this, by the time Easter comes around, holy is not just a term. It's not just a series you're coming to attend, but holy And an understanding of a holy God has changed, transformed who you are, the way you see, and the way your walk with God is. It doesn't feel mediocre anymore because he's this incredible God. Holy be your name. So yes, it is moral and pure. It's purity and morality. It's perfection. And that's not excluded from the definition, but it literally means set apart, incomparable. It's utterly unique, matchless, without parallel or peer. It's separate in a class of his own. There is no one like him. God's touch on the common makes it uncommon. It means that he's uncommon. For instance, when God touches the ground, when when, um, a burning bush, when God said, this is holy ground, God took the natural, the common dirt. There's nothing about that dirt, but when God touched the dirt, it became uncommon. It became extraordinary. The Bible It's not just trees that have been made into paper that has ink on it. That's common. What the Holy Bible is, it's breathed into with with God's breath, and that makes it uncommon, extraordinary. So I can read one verse, and it can give me life. It's like mouth-to-mouth resuscitation in the morning because it's not common. God takes the uncommon, or takes the common and makes it uncommon. I mean, you have to think that the first sound out of God's mouth in our universe was let there be. And as he's speaking that, the sound creates molecules to carry the sound that he's speaking and moving faster than the sound of the speed of light. I'm not going to do this justice. Pastor Mark, come and give us a science lesson. (laughs) As soon as the sound leaves his mouth, it begins, everything, stars are appearing, galaxy after galaxy, trees and water, and we know this is extraordinary, but how many of us will leave today and feel the sun on our skin and forget the awe and wonder of a holy God who took common and made it uncommon, it's beyond we could ever imagine. God is love, but he is holy love. 
holy love, love beyond what we could have ever, we don't even, we can't even fathom it. He is mercy, holy mercy. He is justice, holy justice. When a holy God touches the ordinary, he takes it above and beyond what we could have ever imagined. So that when we pray the rest of the prayer, your kingdom come, our will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You cannot fathom that happening unless you can grasp that he is holy. I love what R.C. Sproul says, God's kingdom will never come where his name is not considered holy. Sometimes in the intimacy of a relationship with God, if we're not careful, he can become common. And the juxtaposition, the tension between a loving father and a holy God is a tension that we just have to live in. And that's where our faith comes to life. Somebody turn to somebody else and just say, wow, she is so Sicilian. <laughs> you have grasping those things. And you can leave here today and say, wow, high five, that was great. Or you can maybe allow a curiosity, a hunger well up inside of you for something more. There's people here. Something more than you've ever experienced before. I wanted to say to you when I first came up here, what happens this morning in this room is not up to God. It's not even up to me. Although I'm going to give you the best that I can. It's up to you. Whether you receive and your heart is open enough to receive what God is doing. I've been around for a really long time. I've been serving Jesus for 40 some years. And what I found is that God can take even the simplest message and strike something special in my heart that changes the way I see him. Amen? So how we see God affects every area of our life. A.W. Tozer said this. What comes to our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Yep. Let me say that again. What we think, what comes to our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And so if you have a Bible, we're going to begin digging into the life of Peter today. It's, one of my, it's become one of my favorite scriptures because I think this passage really describes my life in a nutshell. I love Peter because of his spontaneity and he's crazy and he's like, you never wonder what Peter's thinking, right? It just comes right out. But this is in Matthew 16 and we'll begin reading in just a minute. Matthew 16 verses 13 through 20. And I'm just going to break it down a little bit. So when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples. So now this is towards the end of Jesus' Galilean ministry He's done many miracles. This is just before he's going to be moving towards Jerusalem, towards the cross. He knows where he's headed. And the Bible said that he came to the region of Caesarea Philippi. We've been to Israel. And what many people believe is that Jesus is standing at an area called the Gates of Hell. The Gates of Hell was actually the, uh, a cave that was carved out of a large rock edifice. And this area was where they would sacrifice to the god of Pan. It was actually a place of idol worship. And so while there were people that would come here and sacrifice goats and, and all kinds of crazy things would happen at this point, Jesus chose this space at the gates of hell to say to his disciples this next question. Who do, you, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, 
Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And Jesus says, but what about you? In fact, maybe I would ask you that question today. Who do you say that he is? Who is he in your life? And Simon Peter answers and he says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replies to Peter and he said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father who is in heaven. I mean, this would be like, so first he's asking, who does everybody else say that I am? I mean, you can, you can look at TikTok, you can look at the news, you can look at Instagram, you can see who everybody else thinks that Jesus is. But then he wants to know who we think as followers of Christ. Who do we say? And Peter answers, like Peter, the crazy guy, he gets like, Two points. He gets 100 points. This is like a massive win for Peter. This is like high five. You got it right. Hashtag winning. He probably got the t-shirt, right? He's winning right now. He finally got the answer right. And Jesus is like looking. How many of you have watched The Chosen? You should watch it if you haven't. But that Jesus and that, you can just picture that Jesus. <laughs> looking at Peter. And he says, I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, everybody say rock. rock. I will build my church and the gates of hell. Hell's phenomenal. He's standing in front of the gates of hell and he says, the gates of hell, who anybody else says that I am, that will not overcome. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he ordered his disciples to not tell anybody he was the Messiah. There's two things in this massive win for Peter. The first one is the revelation of who Christ was became a rock, a foundation to the foundation of building the church. We are standing today on the foundation of that revelation. Powerful, right? It didn't have an expiration date on it. But there's two things for Peter that comes out of this. The first thing is Jesus says, I tell you that you're a Peter. So Peter's revelation of Christ's identity now gives Peter his identity. Peter meaning rock. Jesus is telling him, now I'm going to tell you who you are because you got that right. Some of us are searching for our identity, but you can't find your identity till you discover his identity because your identity is found in his identity. And the second thing is that, Je that Jesus says to Peter is that this revelation, now I'm telling you right now, this revelation, this now gives you authority. So I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. So what did he say? Identity and authority come out of this revelation. Peter's like, this is amazing, right? So now I said to you that they're headed towards Jerusalem. They're, going, they're walking towards Jerusalem. And Jesus begins telling them over and over that he's headed to Jerusalem, that he's going to go to the cross. He's going to suffer many things. He's going to die and be raised from the dead. And as he's walking... Peter, I think fueled by the wind of his win, pulls Jesus aside privately, probably maybe the fifth time Jesus has said this. And he's like, Lord, listen, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. This, this won't happen to you. To which Jesus immediately whoops around and looks at Jesus in verse 23, and he says, Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> Sorry, I was laughing. <laughs> because I wouldn't want Jesus calling me Satan. But anyways. <laughs> you are a stumbling block to me. 
You do not have the, in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Okay, a couple things. He had just been called, his revelation was just called a rock-solid foundation. Now it's a stumbling block. He went from a rock to a block in a matter of moments. <laughs> Why? What was Peter's initial calling? When Jesus first found Peter fishing, what did he say to him? Follow me. Right? Follow me. So if P Peter was following Jesus, Jesus wouldn't have to tell him to get behind him. So what was happening? Peter was trying to lead. Why was Peter trying to lead? Because Jesus was going to show up different than the way he wanted him to. He was fine with Jesus, the Messiah, the, the Son of God, the great and mighty God. But when Jesus starts telling him that he's going to suffer, I'm not so sure Peter was comfortable with the suffering Jesus because maybe that meant he was going to have to suffer. And he was great with the God who just showed up in miracles. But the God who was going to be suffering, I don't want to have to suffer. So let me tell you, you don't have to do that. I wonder how many of us in this room have a hard time following because we like being in control of the way God shows up. Let me help you. A rock to a block. I would say that some of us in this room have some follow baggage. This is a big one. It's got wheels on it because it's sometimes we don't realize the load we're carrying. But in a leadership culture here in Washington, D.C., the D.C. metro area, wherever you're watching online, our nation is considered a leader nation. We have become proficient in leading. We read books on leading. Some of you came to school here to lead. Some of you are in government positions. Some of you are leading in every area of your life. You like leading. But we haven't been quite so interested in studying how to follow. There's been baggage attached to following. Because we have watched and served or worked for leaders who have been toxic. We have known leaders who have abused their power. We have looked at leaders that haven't been what we considered perfect. And so we have been hurt by leaders. And so in that aspect, we have a hard time following because I'm really good about making sure that I have quote unquote boundaries and I'm going to lead myself. Is it not? I must be in the wrong church. There is not toxic leadership in this church. I'm telling you that right now. There is not toxic leadership in this church. There's humble, godly, running after Jesus leadership in this church. Are they perfect? No, there is no perfect leadership. But you are blessed in this house. This house does not have a toxic culture. This has a healthy culture. I'm speaking that to you because I've been in churches where it's been toxic. And I'm speaking to you today online in the room. This, you should give God praise for the health in this house. Somebody... Come on. You see, following is so important. Did you know that in the New Testament, the word leader is mentioned four times, follower 40 times? That tells me that following is 10 times more important than leading. Am I saying don't lead? Absolutely not. You need leaders. That's why I'm not. I'm saying that in order to lead well, you have to follow well. You can't be a leader without learning how to follow. And yet some of us have been hurt by leaders. And so we have been controlling. Now, I don't know about you, but I, have, I may be a doctor, 
Again, don't ask me to do surgery. We may do heart surgery today, but I'm not going to do any other kind. But I have a PhD in control. <laughs> it's just chuckles. Either you're hurting from that or, you're <laughs> or you don't have that issue. I love being in control. I'm not afraid to say that. I love being in control. I love it. I don't even realize. It's become so much a part of me. It's just as easy to carry. I don't even realize that I'm not following, but I'm leading. And when I prayed for God to do something in my timing and he hasn't shown up, then all of a sudden I'm in the prayer going, God, you need to do this right now. And God's like, no, I'm the God who's going to wait because I've already got the answer, but the timing isn't quite yet. But because I'm having a hard time waiting, I'm just going to go ahead and try to do my Abraham that had that issue. He had a baby with his servant, right? And Ishmael came out. How many of us have Ishmaels in this room because we've had a hard time following the leading of where God's taking us? Following. We make following. It has so much, like, I can't follow it. It feels, it's so hard. And when I'm talking about just having a heart to serve, being led by the Spirit, what if following looks like a dance? I remember when I was little and I would dance with my dad and he, he's a great dancer and he would put my feet on his feet and we, he would just follow his leading as we danced. It was an easy way to follow him because my feet were just on his feet. I remember talking to a senator about a decade ago, praying with him. He said, I'm having such a hard time following Jesus. He said, but I got this mental image that he told me to put my feet on his feet and he would just guide me every step of the way. What if we were able to follow God that way that we were somehow aware of the follow baggage? I love what Bill Johnson says. He says, my friendship with God can only go where his lordship has already been. Follow. It's an intimate exchange. Follow. It's not an imitation of Jesus. It's an impartation of who he is that becomes a transformation. And then I can live with incarnation because I become Jesus because it's not a struggle. Some days it is. Some days my ego wants to take over. But the love relationship that I have with him, it's not because I have to. It's because I want to. Following Jesus. Perhaps a holy God is asking us for holy intimacy. And if we're not careful, all of these things, I mean, we may have more baggage than this. I've got more bags over here. Maybe it's not just control. Maybe it's um, fear and anxiety. I don't know. We have been holding on to it because it makes us feel safe. And we've got follow, we've got follow issues. And then we have daddy issues. Daddy. Daddy God. <laughs> Father. That was a joke. Father issues. And then maybe we have holy issues and God has this rock solid foundation of his identity but all of these other things become stumbling blocks and what God wants to pour into you can't pour into you because we're clinging to this because it feels so safe but I wonder this morning in these few moments that we have together if God wants to restore the wonder of who he is, and that simply is something that's a very sacred word in the, in the Hebrew language. It's called henene. Everybody say henene. Not to be confused with the whip and the nene. It simply means this. Here I am. Here I am. Abraham when it was his time to offer this long-awaited prayer, his son, 
He's up on a mountaintop, and God's asking him to sacrifice him, and he's ready to do it. And then God calls Abraham's name, and Abraham says, here I am. Maybe in a point where you've prayed and prayed and prayed for something, but God's asking you to take the next step, maybe your response is, Henene, here I am. Moses, God ignited the ordinary in the bush. When God calls out to him, he says, Hanene, here I am. Maybe it's been 40 years in the wilderness and it feels like you're not seeing anything extraordinary right now, but it's just a matter of saying, okay, God, I don't understand. Here, here I am, here I am. Or Isaiah, Pastor Mark preached on this in political turmoil in the year King Uzziah died. And God calls out to him and he says, here I am. Hanene, here I am. I don't understand it. Jacob is in a hard place. He's sleeping on a rock. And all of a sudden, God calls out to Jacob, and he says, here I am. And he sees this ladder of angels ascending and descending. I don't know what your life looks like right now, but your Hanene, your here I am, is in direct response to a God, a prodigal God, a heavenly Father, a holy God, who is standing in front of you already saying Hanene to you. Our Hanene, our here I am is in direct response to a God who's in front of you. And he's saying, hey, I see your follow baggage. I see your dad baggage. I see your holy baggage. I see all of it. I see all of it. I see the anxiety that's facing you right now. I see the moments when you feel like I'm silent and absent and you think I'm not there and I don't care. I see all of it. I see, I see the fear. I see the control. I see all of it. And I'm just saying to you, don't let it be a stumbling block in our relationship because all of this, I am still here. Here I am. Here I am. I wonder if any of us in this room today are in that place where a holy hunger for a holy intimacy with God, that maybe today we can say, here I am, here I am, I'm a mess, here I am. I can think of a million things I did wrong this week, here I am, here I am, broken, here I am, imperfect, but I want to give you my follow baggage. I don't trust anybody, but I'm going to choose to trust you. I had a dad who hurt me, but I'm going to give you that baggage. I didn't know what holy meant, but your awe and wonder fill my life, my control. I surrender it to you, and I say, here am I. And when we say, here am I, I wonder if you realize that just that surrender is a holy, 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 be the Lord God Almighty. Holy, 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 be the Lord God Almighty. Holy, 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 be the Lord God Almighty. And that when we declare this today, that we are actually in unison with the refrain that's 24-7 in heaven, that there are thousands and thousands and thousands of angels. The sound is deafening. I can't even imagine how it sounds. Holy, 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 be the Lord God Almighty. Henene, here I am. How could I doubt you? You're the God of the universe, galaxy after galaxy. You know the number of hairs on my head. You know my DNA. You know when I wake up, when I go to sleep. You know me because my identity and my authority is only found in my hanene, in my follow, and in my surrender.
Can we stand to our feet this morning? See, our Hanene makes this common ground holy ground. Makes you. There's, there's, I don't know how many people in here this morning, but every one of you is a space for holy ground. Every one of you, your heart is an altar where God can come. So, Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you, God. Lord, help us to see the baggage that we've carried into our relationship with you that has become a stumbling block to actually viewing you as a holy God or an intimate father. And today, Lord, we surrender it to you. Today, we say, Hanene, we say, take it all. And today, Lord, we surrender it to you. Lord, even the things that we haven't been conscious of, that we've been carrying with us today, take it all. Hanene, here I am. Here I am. Here I am. And say this with me. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. Come on, together. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. Singing it with heaven. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. Come on, sing it with everything in you. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Beyond my baggage. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Amen.